0: Wa sallallahu wa sallam ala sayidina rasulillah saydal awwalin wal akhirin ala alihi wa sahbatihi ajma'in Allahumma ijma'na ma'ahu kama amanna bihi wa lam narahu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Inshallah we continue now reading from the Bukariyah al-Salihin Sayyidina Imam Al-Nawawi Rahimahullah If you were to look at the uh, the number of what we call a makhtutat the handwritten books that form the Islamic academic tradition the most prevalent handwritten book of course in the Muslim world is what the Quran, alhamdulillah. The second, Dala'il al-khayarat wa shawairq al-anwar fi dhikri salati aral-nabiyyil mokhtar. Sayyidina Imam, Al-Jazuli, Al-Maghribi, Marqashi. The second most predominant book, and here we can appreciate how Sunnis, we forgot who we are. Sunnis were like Simba, looking in the water, we see a pig, we're lions. Most Sunnis today won't even know what is the book, Dala'il-Khayrat. How could that happen? Imam al-Qastalani, not Qastalani, Qastalani, this is the One of the great scholars, he said, I traveled the Muslim world, and I did not find a home, except in that home was a copy of the Quran, and next to it, Dala'il al-Khayrat wa shawariq al-Anwar fi dhikri salati al-Nabi'ah al-Mukhtar. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That's the second most popular book written. More than 1,500,000 mahtuta of Dala'il al-Khayrat. Subhanallah. It's translated mashallah in english subhanallah imam al-jazuli he was murdered he was poisoned he was 63 years old because the leaders at that time were jealous of him because he was an influencer right an influencer of noor they said the last gathering of Sarawat upon the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam before he was murdered, was 1,200 people, subhanAllah. And his family, to this day, if you're from Morocco, and you go to Marrakech, and you go to his masjid, they still gather to read. Dala'il al-Khayrat. And they'll give you an ijazah back to him, subhanAllah. In Masr, in Masjid Sayyidina Nafisa, every morning, they call it Majlis al-Dala'iyah. You find a gathering people reading, that book in the Masjid Sidi Abbas every morning in Masjid Al rifai next to Sultan Hassan every Friday the third most popular book or the third most handwritten book is Riyad Salihin. so Alhamdulillah this is the Ummah the love of the Quran the love of Sayyidul akwan the love of the Quran, the love of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and then working constantly to be better people by studying both. Imam al Nawi he calls that Riyadh al Salihin, like this is like a garden, man, where you find the most beautiful things, the most beautiful growth, the most beautiful fruits. The first chapter, alhamdulillah, is on the chapter of Ikhlas. Title heading is the the chapter on Ikhlas. We talked about what is Ikhlas. We mentioned what Imam Abu Hamid Al-Ghazzari, rahimahullah, Ibn Hajj al-Abidin, what he said about ikhlas. Wa ihdari niyati, and we talked about why in Islam this form is used, if'al, ihdar, implying you and I have, Allah has given us the ability to choose to make right decisions, utility. As he says, subhanahu wa ta'ala, inna hadaynahu sabila imma, Shakira wa i kafura. That we showed him two ways. You can either be thankful or ungrateful. We ask Allah, Ya min Al bariza, the outer actions, wal khafiya. And then we talked about each word, al a'malu, we explained what it means. Al ahwalu wal aqwalu there are three sciences for each of those the science that covers all three is Aqeedah La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah Al-A'mal Biniyat the second is Fiqh and the third is Tiski, nafs or Tasawuf Al-Ihsan and then we started with the first hadith. We explained the first hadith. On Hafsin, Umar ibn Khattab. And then we went through the name of Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab and his relationship with the Prophet And then we noted that this hadith is related by Al-Bukhari and Muslim and i said to you in usul fiqh if a sahabi says sami'tu and the hadith is related by bukhari and muslim this is the most authentic hadith qala inna al a'malu binniyat qala i heard something nice from one of my teachers he didn't say sami'tu qawla Rasulillah" or didn't say. I heard the prophet say. I didn't hear the statement. سمعتُه كُلَّهُ. هذا In Arabic, it's though to show the honor of the messenger of Allah. I heard the messenger of Allah. Everything about the messenger of Allah, I heard it. So he doesn't restrict it to show you like how focused he was as a student, how deliberate he was in learning from the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So he says, Sami Sallallahu wasallam. Yaqul. In Maramadu and we said, like every single action is by the intention, it's impossible to allow that interpretation not to be addressed. Imam Nasafi in as-sughra He says one of the causes that causes people to go astray. Is they interpret everything literally. So if we say, every single action is by an intention, this is called Alif aliflam. Means every single action. But now, when you blink, when you shake your head, is that binia? And the Prophet is truthful, sadaqul masduq. So therefore, we have to do what's called تَأْوِيل. Qala imam, Sayyidina imam al <laughs> yani any type of possible mistake someone may assume the Prophet's made, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ It's obligatory to interpret that. Because ما عَنِ in إِلَىٰ The Prophet doesn't speak from his nafs. He speaks حَقْ Sallallahu alayhi wa And we said, this is called dalaratu iltizam in usul al-fiqh. means something outside of the text forces us to interpret the text. Al-khariji. Sayyidina Imam al-Akhdari, in his book called As-Sulam, in man in logic, he says dalaratu to. Alfadya على ما وافق Yaduna had alada telmotabaka Ujuzuhu to Dumunan فالالتزام إن Fel Iltizemun in Biakalil He said that there are three types of things that texts mean. One is a text is in complete agreement. Second, the meaning, part of the meaning and part of the word agree. And then third, in order for the meaning to be sound, it demands an outside source, tizam. Like for example, I gave you last time, right? In surah Ma'idah, in the sixth verse of the fifth chapter of the Quran, salati wal bi ma'na al taqib. When you stand to pray, then wash. You have to interpret this verse. There's no way you can take this verse literally. So, Ahl-Sunnah, Alhamdulillah, is between irrational literalism and irresponsible interpretation. In the middle, Alhamdulillah, Ahl-Sunnah. إِذَا إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ فَاغْسِلُوا When you stand to pray, then wash. When you intend to pray, then wash. You have to interpret that. It's called dalada tul iqtida or dalada tul And I said to you, inshallah, if we finish Riyadh Salihin bi idnilla, you're gonna have a good inshallah bi idnilla, well bi background in usul al fiqh. Usul al fiqh is very important. فإنما بنيات وإنما ركول إمر if you understand Arabic, something so nice happened in here that's very strange. Is it allowed for the shart and the مشَرُط to be the same? In أَزُورُكُمْ فَأَزُورُكُمْ Can you talk like that in Arabic? If I do this, if I say to you in English, if I visit you, I visit you. So in Arabic actually there's a rule. That the condition and the condition have to be different. <laughs> if I visit you, then honor me. So why would Sayyidina Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam do this? هِجْرَتُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ فِهِجْرَتُهُ إِلَيْهِمَا صَالِحَةٌ Maqbulatun indallah. Whoever's migrations for Allah and His Messenger, then He's going to be rewarded, she's going to be rewarded, then their migration is acceptable. But the Prophet, ﷺ, as Al Razi mentions, that the language of the Quran and the language of the Prophet is above Arabi. The language of the Quran is the language of revelation. The language of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is the language of Nabuwah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So why why would he do that? من كانت هجرته إلى الله ورسوله فهجرته إلى الله ورسولي to show us the value of vikar. What's called إِذْهَارُ فِي مَقَامُ الْإِذْمَارِ In balagha, in rhetoric, sometimes it's good to mention the noun over and over again and not the pronoun, to show how important it is. All of you know this, this is not hard. إِنَّا أَنزَلْنَاهُ فِي لَيْلَةِ وَمَا أَدْرَكَ مَا هِيَ وَمَا أَدْرَكَ مَا هِيَ خَيْرٌ أَوْ لَيْلَةُ قَدْرِ So he mentions it three times. لَيْلَةُ قَدْرِ لَيْلَةُ قَدْرِ why in Arabic, to show you how important it is. Al-Qari'atu ma hiya? Al-Qari'atu mal? Wa ma adara mal? Qari'a. It's called idhahar fi maqam al idmar That you mention the name instead of the pronoun. If you're young, in Kaf, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about youth, am hasibata anna ashabal kafi warqimi kanu min ayatina ajaba idha awal fitiyatu innahum amanu aw innahum fitiyatun fitiy fitiy why youth 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 keeps mentioning it. doesn't say they youth 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 to tell you that your youth is your capital you use it so here also, هِجْرَتُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ فَهِجْرَتُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ فَشَرْتْ وَجَوَازُ شَرْتْ This is very strange in Arabic. In Azurukum, Fazurukum. What's wrong with you, man? One time I was in Egypt, MashaAllah. I love Egypt. Nobody get angry at me. I lived there for seven years, man. And I got in a taxi. He was like, you know, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> he said to me, I thought <laughs> so I was reading the Quran, man. You have to love their sense of humor, man. I said, bro, that's not Quran. So here, فَمَنْ كَانَتْ هِجْرَةُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ فَ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ Why? Because the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said, أَفْدَرُوا مَا قُلْتُ أَنَوَى وَنَّبِيُّونَ مِنْ قَبَرِي لَا إِلَهَ إِلَى اللهِ In an authentic hadith, the best thing I said and any of the Prophets before me said is, لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّ اللَّهِ And for us, we add to that, Muhammad the Rasullah صلى الله عليه وسلم. And whoever migrated for something of dunya or to marry. We have to be very careful understanding what this means. That doesn't mean that to migrate for a job or to migrate for a livelihood is wrong. Allah says, وَابْتَغُوا مِنْ Seek the bounties of Allah. لَا تُلْهِيهِمْ وَلَا بَيْعُونَ عَنْ ذِكْرِ Allah says in An-Nur: men who their business and their transactions don't keep them away from the remembrance of Allah. So there's nothing wrong with that. But here the problem is a person saying, I'm migrating for Allah and His Messenger, but that's not why they're doing it. They act like they're doing it for Allah and His Messenger, but they have hidden, a hidden agenda. Because to get married is what? Or to marry. Mary has all, marrying has all five rulings. Wajib. For the person who fears he or she is going to fall into fitna if they have the conditions to marry. The foundational ruling, Sunnah, to marry. Makru in certain situations. Like, for example, someone is not sh- sure they have the means to marry. And haram, if somebody already married four, can he marry five? Or can he marry two sisters? haram. So if it has the foundational ruling is sunnah, there's nothing wrong with that. If someone moves somewhere to marry somebody. Why? Because... The Prophet said, we should marry. But the issue here is Imam Ibn Hajr he mentions. Like, don't think getting married is wrong. But the person has, he or she has made their intentions different than what their hearts, their, their statements are different than what their hearts intend. Then he says, وَرَوَاهُ this hadith is related by Bukhari and Muslim. The next hadith from Sayyida Aisha, radiallahu anha, Ummi Mu'mineen, Ummi Abdi and we talked about her life, mashallah. Imam Al-Zuhri, he said, if you took the knowledge of Sayyida Aisha and the knowledge of all the people of Medina, her knowledge is more. When I recorded almost 20 years ago, Ummahatu Mu'mineen, four CDs just on Aisha. I could have done eight. I just did four. Ummi Abdillahi, because that's her nephew, Abdullah. And some of the historians say, and this is a beautiful thing, that the, the people of Medina called her Ummi Abdillah as a form of like chaplaincy. As a form of love, as a form of... She never had children. So she would feel, you know, some sort of value. SubhanAllah. And also because she was so close to her nephews. As I mentioned last week when she died, five, all five of them, they were in her grave, burying her. radiyallahu ta'ala anha. She said the Prophet... Sara اللَّهُ wa he wa airy, he was قال Some قال اللَّهُ colour or so lay, Sara Law, while he was Sadama, Yelso, Jason, or car better, for either canoe be better. Yusuf will wa a worrying where the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, this hadith, she said that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that an army will approach the Kaaba, And this is from the alamat sa'ah, the signs of the hour. And we gave some of the usul for interpreting the signs of the hour. For example, it's not allowed to take rulings from them. La يستنبط Min alamat sa'ah a'kam for example, I said the hadith, they're going to build large buildings. Does that mean building large buildings is haram? No. So here she said the Prophet said, when an army gets to a place called Bayada, Bayada is a part, it's the desert. And this is the way of the Arabs, they name things, things by what they do. Like, what's the word for jungle? when you you go into the jungle it's from the same word as unseen because if you go in there you may never be seen again so they call it because when somebody goes into the desert they're going to usually they perish so here I want you to remember this in the future, when you study Arabic, it will help you. Sayyidina Imam al-Jurjani in al-Ijaz, he talks about this a lot. How the Arabs name things by what they do. The ancient Arabs. Like, it's not computer. What is it actually computer? Hasub. Why? Because it calculates. So even now, we see you know modern Arabs, they still do that. They name things by what they do. It's very important. A Nabi. Why is it called Nabi? Because you Nabit. Arsalahu Allah, So on and so forth. Al Kitab. Because it's written. So here, Baida, the place where people go, they're never seen again, man. When he said that, the first of them and the last of them will be swallowed. Here, sisters, we learned something very important. And brothers in the community, the strategic entry point to ask questions and to engage. Qutu Ya Rasulullah. Said Ya Rasulullah, Yusufu bi awarihim wa akhrihim wa The first and last, all of them, they're gonna be swallowed into the earth. And here we see something the climate of justice that was in the, the intellectual understanding of the Sahaba of the Sharia that they reacted to injustice so when she heard like all these people are gonna be destroyed she said all of them and there's some of them they're innocent because Sayyida Aisha radiallahu anha is acting on her sense of justice and duty and that's why subhanallah when we, when we learn the hadith not only do we learn teachings of the Prophet alayhi salam but su- subtly we're learning the characteristics of the Sahaba. Like for example, the Prophet said, people are going to be resurrected naked. People are going to be resurrected and gathered together naked. What does Sayyidah Aisha do? We're going to be naked? Her haya. In fact, you could take some of these ahadith of Sayyidah Aisha just to learn about her akhlaq, how she reacts to what the Prophet says. So here we learn her sense of justice. The other hadith, we'll get to it later on. Her sense of what is hayat? She doesn't care about the day of judgment. I'm not going to have no clothes on. That's what she cares about. Al haya'u min al-iman. So I want you to pay attention. When sometimes the Sahaba will talk about big sins, they would say, لر... A man came. المرأتون... A woman came. They won't put them on blast. They know those people. They know who they are. Why don't they say their name? Because the sense of humanity, the sense of duty, understanding sin is not easy. You know, people fall into mistakes. They didn't have call-out culture. They had toba culture and responsibility culture. is very different. People were held accountable, but the door of toba is open, as we'll talk about next week. Inshallah. So she said to the prophet, and here we learn something, that no imam, no sheikh, no teacher is above being questioned. As we'll see in the other hadith in this section. If people ask you questions, that's a good thing. One time, one of my teachers, people used to always differ with him, you know. In the mosque, we used to get angry. Man, be quiet, man. I'm trying to finish the book. Brothers kept stopping the sheikh. So we went to the sheikh. We said, sheikh, you know these guys, man, they're a problem. Let us, you know, massage them a little. The sheikh, he said, if they're differing with me, that means they're paying attention. Right? They're learning. And I'm learning also, like from them. Maybe they say something like, you know, "I, I didn't think about it before. So Sayyidina Rasul, alayhi wa sallam, if you're around a teacher or imam or group or sheikh who makes you feel that you can't ask them questions, that's a, as Imam al-Ghazali talks about, that's a warning sign, man. That's not, a, that's not healthy. One time, we were sitting with Sheikh Ahmed Diyai from Senegal when we memorized al when We were very young. And so the sheikh, he was reading Tuhfat about of Al-Alamah Sheikh Abdul Hamid. Al-Azhari, rahimahullah. And he said, Ja'a Amran. Sheikh, he read it. And I said, I was, you know, young. I said, Ja'a Amran. bi bidhamma fa'il. I corrected him, you know. And everybody in the masjid, and, ooh, you're about to get it. You know, you're about to get it. And I'll remember this man. The Sheikh, mashallah, he was a murabbi. He looked at me and he said, this is the happiest day of my life that my student corrected me where I needed to be corrected. Now I know I did a good job. That's the kind of teachers and those of us who studied with Mashaykh. you know that the more knowledge they had, the more easy they're to deal with, subhanAllah. Because they appreciate the difficulty of learning. So she says to the Prophet, and the Prophet doesn't get angry. He says, all of them are going to be destroyed, but they'll be resurrected with their niyyah. And that's the lesson of the hadith, right? Always have a good niyyah, even in difficult situations. It'll take you places. The other lesson that we took from the hadith is what? Be careful who you hang out with. Be careful, be careful who you may die with and that's why some ulama they use this hadith to say it's not allowed to visit the sultan who is a fasiq it's not allowed to visit a leader who is corrupt because if something goes down and the adab of Allah comes and you are in that situation khalas Allah ta'ala the next hadith is from Sayyida Aisha wa anhu said Sayyidina Imam Anawi He says, قَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ لَا هِجْرَةَ بَعْدَ This hadith is related by Bukhari a Muslim. Sayyid Aisha said that the Prophet said, لَا هِجْرَةَ بَعْدَ So, this is called La al-jins La Hijrata. La hijrata. When you see La and after it is Fatha, this means all of the afrad are excluded from this. Yani all of them are included in this. That's why Imam Al-Baydawi He says one وَالنَّفِي فِي سِيَاقِ النَّاكِرَى فِي مِنَهَجْ الوصول. يعني There is absolutely no hijra بعد الفتح What he means is hijra to Mecca To Medina Afon There is no hijra from anywhere بعد الفتح وَأَرِفِ النَّامِ Here means إضافة أي بعد الفتح Mecca. La hijrata baada fathi Walakin. And here there's something missing. Walakin baada fathi Mecca. Jihadun. Waniyatun. What does this hadith mean? It means that there's no hijrah to Medina after the opening of Mecca. Subhanallah. Maybe somebody asked now, like, to make hijrah from America to go to Dubai, Dar al-Islam or one of those places in the Muslim world. Sometimes we find, mashallah, some brothers, they have a lot of sincerity, sisters, a lot of zeal. So the the TikTok fatwa. Which is not bad. Like it's good to see people using these things for good. But sometimes you have to be careful what you say, man, because it can have an impact. Imam Ibn Hajr al-Haythami, al-Shafi'i, in Fatwa al-Kubra, he was asked by some people about making hijrah from, at that time, what's like southern Europe, to, Scandaria. To Egypt. So he mentions, the opinion of Sayyidina Imam al-Shafi'i or Sadat Shafiyya. He says something very profound. He said, if people in those places can worship, it's fard upon them to stay. What? This not what I heard on TikTok. It's not what I heard on YouTube. There's other opinions, of course. We we respect those opinions, but we should appreciate. As one, I remember when I was training in Dar Ifta, I asked my teacher, "We're going to use four madhabs." He said, "We have 91 madhabs." I said, "Dang, bro, I know one. I got 90 90 left." But sadat al-shafi'iyah, the the in the madhab, is that if a person lives in a non-Muslim land. They're able to practice their deen. They're able to make da'wah. They're able to live their life. According to them, it's an obligation to stay. Why? Imam Ibn Hajar al-Haythami, not al-Asqalani. He says something beautiful. He said, because those people will accomplish the greatest goal of Islam. is to call people to Allah. Like me. Like some of the other brothers and sisters here. If everybody left who's going to call me to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But this is a personal decision, by the way. So, uh, somebody in their life, they need to take accountability of their own pixels, their own particulars. That's why one of my teachers used to say, this is fatwa khas. This kind of fatwa is a particular fatwa to the person yeah you don't know about that do you I had the bananas and rice bro I know about the Sambusa so this is there's a number of opinions but you have to be very careful that when you talk about these kind of issues you mention the other opinions some like say you gotta go you gotta make, you gotta get out of there. Others said you didn't. So that people are able to appreciate maybe their needs and their situation. That's the job of the faqih. That's why Imam al qarafi said, Jumuru kutub Dallu mudil. Just to like quote books without using your brain is gonna lead you astray and lead people astray. What's called takhrij al manat wa taqiq al manat in iftah talk about it in the future. وَلَكِنْ جهادun, جِهَادٌ Jihad will last until the end of time. وَنِيَّةٌ النِيَّةٌ And the lesson here in this hadith is to always have intention. Imam Ahmad ibn al-Hambal, Imam Ahli Sunnah, his son asked him one day, advise me. He said, always have a good intention. Imam al-Haramain al-Juwayni in Burhan al-Burhan he talks about like your intention will turn limit lemon into lemonade, basically right can even make the permissible and Sheikh al-Tilmisani in Miftah al-Wusul uh, in Malikiya talk about your intention can turn like drinking water spending time with your family playing games with your son spending time with your daughter Date night with a husband, with a wife. The intention will turn this into qurba. To an act that brings us near to Allah. That's why in the Quran, Al-Muqarrabin, one of our teachers used to say, Al-Muqarrabin, the close ones, close with their intention. Always close to Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. The next hadith. Ah... On Abiy Abdilahi Jabr ibn Abdilahi al Ansari. radiallahu anhu. Jabr ibn Abdilahi was the youngest person to accept Islam from Medina. Subhanallah. His father, some of the early people who embraced Islam. And his father died in Badr, in Uhud Afwan. And he left him at a very young age in charge of his family. رضي الله And Jabril ibn abdullah Al رضي الله عنه رضي الله Something beautiful about him. When he was very old he would go to Sham to learn hadith from Unais ibn Amr. He was old, he was very old. He came to Syria, old man, sahabi. People said, you left Medina, you came to Damascus, why? He said, for the hadith of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then even in, in Medina, he would go to Mecca and take certain hadith. And then toward the end of his life, he had a halaqah in the masjid of the Prophet, sallallahu قَارَ كُنَّ مَعَ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمَ فِي غَزَاتٍ He said, we were with the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in a battle. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, He said, إِنَّ بِالْمَدِينَةِ لَرِجَالًا That in Medina there's some men. مَا سِرْتُ مَيْسَرًا وَلَا so You haven't walked any steps. And you haven't traversed any valley. إِلَّا كَانُوا مَعَكُمْ al الْمَرَضِ Except they're with you. Subhanallah. Here we learn something beautiful. when The Prophet said, he didn't say, Even though those people, they are known to the Sahaba. The, sah- the Sahaba knew who they were. He didn't say, we left such and such people. He, left, he said, we left. And it's hard to translate this in English, sort of, but the tanween it implies grandeur. It implies awesomeness. The indefinite article. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He talks about His book, He says, run. is a nuru. Because the nur of the Quran cannot be defined. That's how you can appreciate it. Maybe in English. <inaudible> he cannot be defined in his goodness. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Sala rijalan. because maybe people thought bad about those men, right? Maybe Shaitan, you know, like man, they didn't come with us, we went to the battle, they didn't join us, whatever, blah blah blah. So it's and Lam here Yani Indeed. That's why Ibn Malik, Madik ibn Madik in his Alfiyana Kiratun Khabi al mu'athira he mentions the purpose and the place of at-tanween la we're going to stop here for the adhan and then we can continue and also in this hadith you can appreciate something nice in nabil madina al-madina with alif and la without alif and lam why alif and lam means completeness it's perfect, everything you need. It's Al-Medina, the perfect city. Everything you want from it, you'll find there. And Rijalan, because their greatness cannot be defined. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in describing the Prophet sallallahu Alaihi wa He said, as though the mercy of the prophet sallallahu cannot be restricted sallallahu alaihi wasallam ma sirtum you didn't walk one step and you didn't pass through any valley and here we understand that the difficulty of the jihad of the sahaba the challenges that they faced in struggling except they are with you. They're not physically with them. How are they with them? In the maramar Habasuhum al There's another narration from Sayyidina Anas. Al Meaning that they were sick, they were sick, they were unable to join us. Some kind of sickness, some kind of debilitating issue. Al-Marat. We talked about al-mushaqat, this axiom al-mushaqat, tajibu That there are certain things, when they happen, they facilitate, Islam facilitates. As Imam al-Shafi'i said, when things get difficult, the sharia expands. yusra, Allah wants ease for you. In He doesn't mean ease and disobedience. He means ease when legitimately there's difficulties. insanu <laughs> Allah has removed the burdens from you and human beings were made weak. And describing in Sayyidina Rasul anhum <laughs> israhum the Prophet removed from them their shackles, the fetters that held them down meaning the mosaic law so mosaic law is full of jiziyat as we're going to see in the last hadith those particulars the sharia remove them for taysir for facilitation as he said from the hadith of Sayyidah aisha this hadith is in riyad salihin in Mu'aliman i was sent to teach and to facilitate وَفِي إِلَّا فِي الْأَجْرِ رَوَاهُ مسلم another narration except they are going to share with you in the reward the ajr. why? because their intention is sincere so sometimes in the Prophet he mentioned this that if somebody is kept from doing something they would regularly do they're rewarded for it if they're what? their intentions there so sometimes people fasted for many years and then maybe they have some illness, they can't fast anymore and they start to beat themselves up. No, no, just make intention, inshaAllah, khair, that if you were healthy, you would fast. And then observe whatever Allah has stipulated for you. Wa an Anas Allah. anhu, his mom Um Sulaim, mashaAllah, is an inspiration. She came to the Prophet sallallahu The Prophet وسلم, he was asking people to donate, and Anna, ibn nomadic, he could write. Ansari from Ansari, he could write. So she said, "Ya Rasulullah, O Messenger of Allah, I haven't found anything to donate except my son. He can write. Take him, and let him serve you." And that's how he became Khadim. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu said that the person whose salah was the most like the messenger of Allah was Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam I heard this from Sheikh Ahmad Taharayan when we read the muattah to him. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he made dua for Anas. Allahumma barik lahu. Oh Allah bless him and his wealth and his progeny. And Anas ibn Malik he became very wealthy and he said, Ten of my You know, my children and grandchildren, all of them are Hufav. And Anas ibn Malik, he loved the Messenger of Allah. Sallallahu alayhi wa He loved him so much. And later late in his life, he would say, the favourite, the most favourite hadith to me after everything is Al Marw Ahab. The person will be with who he loves. Because wallahi inni uhibu Muhammadan said, Wallahi I love Muhammad. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam, And I love Abu Bakr. And I love umara and I love Uthmana and I love Sayyidina Ali. And he said, Well maru ma'aman ahab. My hub will bring me, inshallah, to be with the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa فَرَوَاهُ sayyidina عَنْ سَيْدِنَا أَنَسِ بِمَارِكٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ وَقَالَ رَجَعْنَا مِنْ غَزْوَةِ تَبُوكَ مَعَ النَّبِيِّ صَرَى اللَّهُ عَلَىٰهُ سَلَمَا فَقَالَ إِنَّ أَقْوَامًا بِالْمَدِينَةِ Prophet Muhammad said, there are some people. They have, they are, we left them behind in Medina. مَا You didn't walk one step. Nor did you cross any valley. وَلَا إِلَّا وَهُمْ مَعْنَا حَبَسُهُمَا What kept them from joining us is a legitimate excuse. We have an axiom in Islamic law. الْعُذْرُ مُعْتَبَرُ like a legitimate excuse is, is considered. Al Udru bil Jahal is one of the major axioms. People are forgiven if they don't know. Before you go off on somebody, I go off on somebody. At least let me make sure that they know before I hold them accountable. Knowledge before accountability. What are those five mushakat that we mentioned? Number one is fear. Somebody is legitimately scared. The Sharia creates dispensation. For example, to have a dog because you're scared somebody's going to hurt you. Maybe you live in the middle of Virginia somewhere next to Bowduk or something. And you're worried. Sayyidina Imam Ibn Abi al Qayrawani, he had a dog during the Fatamiyyah because they were, in one day they, they killed 700 ulama Sadat al in Qahira. So, even Abi Zaydi had a dog. People came to him and said, you, you have a dog, but Imam Malik is not allowed. He said, if Malik was alive today, he will have a lion to protect his house. Al-Khauf. But Al-Khauf meaning like real fear. Not, you know, maybe sometimes somebody's out, sister, she's out, and she's scared to pray. That's a legitimate fear. The Al-Khauf Mu'tabar. The second is Illness. The Prophet Sallallahu he mentioned it. And this is mentioned in Surah Al-Baqarah, ayat al-Siyam. The third is traveling. Asafaru, kit'atun, min al adab The fourth is Nisyan. Somebody forgot. Rufi'ana umati, Nisyanu. Rabbana la tu'akhidna, Nisyanu. And subhanAllah, the fifth, I forgot. Al-Uzhru bin Nisyanu. Al Kiraha Ah, Maraklofik is being forced, as we're going to talk about later in the last Hadith, being forced to do something. Rofianumitisena Uma Stukruhu Ali, the Hadith, right? My, my, Uma was forgiven for forgetting and what they were forced to do. So those five are from the Mashaqat. Al Mushaqat Tajibu Tasir. Sayyidina Imam al siyuti in al Basata, his poem on Jum'ah jawami' He mentions these five, and he says, the four madhahib of Islam agree on these mushaqqat, all of them. The application, they may differ. So, example, fear and sickness go together. Again, I studied the Shafi Madhab, but, I'm Mariki, but not like fanatical. Uh, again, Imam Ibn Hajr Haythami, he said, if someone's fasting and they, they're worried that they may get sick from fasting, they don't have to go ask a doctor. Because that, that fear, they know themselves is Mu'tabar. tajibu hardship makes ease. Inshallah, we're going to stop here, and then we'll come back and begin the fifth hadith from Abi Yazid, uh, Yazid uh, Man ibn Yazid. And that hadith, we're going to talk about parents and kids, and how <laughs> he took his father to court. فَخَاصَمْتُهُ إلى رسول الله sallallahu so alayhi wa sallam i took him to the prophet for judgment imam ibn Hajr says that in these kind of issues this does not violate respecting our parents because this is an issue of law so after inshaAllah the salah and the bayan uh we'll continue Barakallahu fiqum wa taktafi bi al qadr wa sallallahu wa sallam ala sayyidina muhammad subhana rabbika rabbil izati amma yasif wa salamun ala mursalin why? Because Ma'an was in meeting. His family was in meeting. Here we're going to learn something we learned in Dara Iftah, in the Bible of Allah. We say, If you can make two things work, it's better than, than not making them work. And his father said, "Wallahi ma إِيَّاكَ very hard Arabic. I didn't didn't mean you. That's not intended for you. So what did he do? Man, I hate my dad. I'm going to go on Facebook and put him on blast. I'm going to write a blog for the medium. Destroy my father. He says, I took him for judgment to the messenger of Allah. I took him to the prophet for adjudication. This hadith is actually very important in certain issues with our parents. We're going to talk about it the last hadith also. That demanding justice and accountability from our parents does not violate respecting them. Because we have a very important axiom if something needs to be taught to us by the Prophet it's impossible for us to believe he wouldn't teach us so if it was wrong for him to take his father to him for adjudication what would the Prophet have done? (inaudible) he would have told him don't do that it's not appropriate sometimes we find children seriously, honestly even adults being physically abused physically abused and they will say, you know, I love my... S- s- look how much I love their parents, man. I love my father, subhanAllah. I love my mother. I've seen even, unfortunately, people sexually assaulted by parents. I love them. Ya Allah, subhanAllah, man. Love of children is amazing. So the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa he listens to their case. And there's a few cases between them. <laughs> Some of them are sort of funny. That happened with him and his son. And the Prophet ﷺ, he said, He said to the Father, You will get what you intended for. And as we said, our purpose in explaining this book is not to get too much into other stuff. The lesson from the hadith is his intention. You intended to give that, so you received that intention. And what you took is yours to his son. So he adjudicated. Look at the genius of the Prophet. <laughs> and that's why one of the lessons we take from this hadith is to be involved in da'wah, you need to know how to settle arguments. Like now, mashallah. You have to be skilled in the art of dealing with people. Because it's not easy work. And the community is not going to be like you want it to be. That's impossible. So the Prophet وسلم, said to the father, Lakamanawait you got your intention and you got what you took why though? And this is what we learned in Babel Qada. it's very beautiful why didn't he decide one or the other? because to give is good but to give to your family is best so the Prophet brought together two goods in one decision sallallahu alayhi wasalam It's like really nice. Alayhi aftaru salatin wa salam wa taslim. The next hadith is from Abi Ishaq Sari ibn Abi Waqas radiyallahu anhu one of the 10 promised jannah. Subhanallah. Malik ibn Uhayb ibn Abdi manaf ibn Zura ibn Kilab ibn Murrah Ibn Kaab Ibn Luway, al Qurashi, Radiyallahu anhu. It's from the early people who embraced Al-Islam, MashaAllah. He said, this hadith is really beautiful and it shows us the character of the Prophet. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. sallam. Qada jā'ani Rasulullah Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ya'uduni fi ammi He said in the farewell pilgrimage Imam Ibn Kathir says it's the pilgrimage of Balagh As some of the Sahaba called it Because the Prophet delivered everything Allah commanded him to deliver He said the Prophet came to, to visit me I was ill from a serious sickness, it had become very difficult omi um, me. فَقَالَ He said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, inni بَلَغَ مِنِّي مِنَ الْوَجْعِ مَا تَرَى Say, Ya Rasulullah, you can see how sick I am. Here we take a point of benefit. It's okay to complain about sickness. It's okay to say like, I don't feel well. It's okay to mention... Right? Like I'm not I'm not up to par. Because again, it's impossible for us to believe that a munkar would happen in front of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and he would what? Wouldn't say anything. Wa ana rajulun And I'm very rich. Second lesson we take from the hadith. It's okay to mention the things that Allah has given you. Now Subhanallah, if he said to someone Fear Allah, brother, you shouldn't say that. Stop Allah. وَأَمَّا فحدث. and also in qada, it's important important and iftah. when someone's talking to you or asking a question that they give you as much detail as they can. I hate when people ask a question that you give them an answer like, "Well, actually, there's one more thing." One more thing? Subhanallah! One more thing? Really? After the answer? So that tells you they're hunting. For something, so and I have no one to inherit from me except my daughter. Can I spend two thirds of my wealth? Then he said, "And there's two narrations." But the ulama that we read a hadith with, they prefer a nasb. Again, it's not the purpose of our lecture. But just so you can write it in your notes. There's two ways to read it. Then he said, a So half of my wealth? No, that's why shatr masjid al-haram. Shatra means half. I heard from Sheikh al-Diddu. If you're praying out, you have this much space like, to figure it out. You know? Sometimes brothers, they start fighting over centimeters. Shatr masjid al-Haram. I heard also this from Sheikh Surah sultan May Allah uh, free him. SubhanAllah. So he said, Fa He said, and this aw is from the Rawi. That's from the narrator. And it's acceptable for the narrator to do that. And the Prophet said, a third, a third. That's why the ulama they agree that the will see it cannot be more than This hadith. Then he said, Ah, It's better if you leave your family It's better if you leave your people who are heard from you In a good state Here we learn something that Islam is in the middle. It rests between the opulence of Joel Stein and the prosperity theology. If you're rich, God loves you. Like really? ask Qarun. Or the irresponsibility of people who say like, you know, you shouldn't earn anything, you should leave the dunya... Sayyidina Imam uh, Sa'idi ibn al-Musayyib, he said there's no good in someone who doesn't have enough wealth to protect himself and protect his family and protect his community. So Islam encourages us to look for sufficiency. Not opulence. If somebody, Allah blesses them with wealth, Alhamdulillah. If somebody is tested with a lack of means, Alhamdulillah. But the goal is sufficiency. And that's what the Prophet ﷺ said, uh, related by Tirmidhi, Khayrukum, the best of you. Ruziqa is the one who has provided sufficiency. And sufficiency also is a state of where I'm at. Like, what do I need? Let me ask myself to feel sufficient. Subhanallah. So he said, it's better like if you leave your, your family, right, your inheritors people are going to inherit from you in a good position there they have sustainability economic sustainability generational wealth now mashallah we have a lot of investment vehicles that are sharia compliant in the muslim community alhamdulillah you know there's a lot of opportunity now you can ask the sheikh about bitcoin I told him I'm not doing any fiqh. You can ask that imam. Then he said, and this is the point of the hadith. It's very beautiful. He said, You're not gonna spend anything in the cause of Allah except you'll be rewarded for it. And that's why Imam and Nawi put this in this chapter, in this section. Even what you put in your wife's mouth, you'll be rewarded for it. That's charity. That can mean two things. You actually put food in her mouth, or you buy food for her that she puts in her mouth. Alhamdulillah, either way, اللَّهِ أَخَلَّفُوا بَعْدَ أَصْحَابِي And here we learn something from the Prophet. Think about the last few hadith that we talked about. The Prophet on a battle. Field and he's teaching. Sayyidina Jabra says, Kunna ghaza. Still he teaches on a battlefield. The hadith of Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik, Tabuk, still he's teaching here at the deathbed. Presumably at that time they were worried of Sa'd ibn and still he's what? He's teaching because It's impossible for us to believe that the prophets weren't the best teachers and that any moment they have an opportunity to teach that brings benefit, they do it. And so this is evidence you can use when people say the prophet hid this, he didn't even even someone's deathbed he's teaching even on the battlefield he's teaching with his wife when she argues with him he's teaching. So the da'iyah uses any moment one time I was in one country, nice country, al-Ahramat, in Egypt, I had this taxi driver, right? My son was with me, Madik. So this guy was smoking. You know those cigarettes overseas, they put like insect repellent in them. They're trying to kill a Muslim, man. He had the Cleopatra's, Cleopatra. I said, man, what kind of, sick? Cig- you sure it's a cigarette? That's the first question. Secondly, like, what, what's going on here? And he's like looking at me smoking. We're going to sit to October. It's one small city. And my son was sitting on my lap. So I said to him, I started thinking, man, how can I ask him? He's very old. And, you know, he's had a hard day. It's a tough life, man. So I need to think, how can I get him to stop smoking? Because I'm sure so many people told him, like, stop smoking. Right? So that's not going to bring any, like, benefit. I started thinking, man. Then I remembered my son. He loves something called bambuni. If you're from Egypt, you know what is bambuni? It's like a small piece of candy, right? So I said, ya Am, I said, My uncle, you know, Ah, oh, ba'ul, speak. I said, you know, my son, right? He loves candy. I can't get him to stop. And you seem like a very wise man. Would you be able to advise him not to eat candy? He said, yeah, yeah, Bunay. See like, little boy, yeah, Walid. Don't you know anything that harms you? You shouldn't digest it. Wow. Then he went like this. He threw <laughs> it out the window. And he said, ahadihi muqaddimah, ya Shaykh. I said, bala, innaha muqaddimah. Right. He said, is this like the intro to what you're about to tell me? I was like, yeah, this is the intro. And then I, I, didn't, I didn't actually have to say anything after that, right? He said it to himself, but then he said to me, you know what, man? He said, I'm really going to try hard, but I'm under a lot of pressure, a stress, the nicotine, you know, cools my nerves, the menthols. And nobody ever took the time to talk to me like this. People just yell at me. I said, okay, just do your best. So the Prophet ﷺ, in these moments we see you're gonna see this to hadith. He positions himself wisely and responsibly and deliberately to teach. Alayhi Ya Rasulallah and then Saad, even though he's sick, he has questions. Look at the sahaba. How many hadith now did we see where the sahaba asked questions? Sayyidah Aisha. Sayyidah. Man. Now, Sayyid Abi Ishaq, Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas That's why it's important to ask questions As we said earlier He said, Ya Rasulullah, O Messenger of Allah Akhalafu ba'da ashabi His question actually is not easy Am I going to live after these people? Did the Prophet say to him like, you're a coward What kind of man are you? How, how, how are Jordan Peterson fans feeling today? Do visit the Aqsa. And then people say, there's no imams to model manhood for us. No, there's no imams that model the manhood you're looking for. You found it where you were looking. And the fact that you need someone to model manhood for you is perhaps indicative that you got issues, bro. You have the Prophet, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Why you need someone else? Don't get caught up on the right and left in America. It's an endless quicksand. So he said, Ya Rasulullah, am I going to live after these people? The Prophet Ali, salat he doesn't correct him because this is a hard situation to be in, man. He's talking about his inheritance. And here we see the Sahaba, even under duress, they're worried about ibadah. Even under death, illness, they're worried about ibadah. And the Prophet ﷺ says, "Qaal inna kalantu khala fa ta'amla amalan tabtaghi bihi wajha Allah." You know, you will, you will not live, and do any good, except it's for Allah. Except you will be increased, darajatan warifah. And your station in the hereafter, and you being raised in this life and the hereafter. <laughs> and أن تخلف حتى ينتفع بك قوم ويدر بك He said, "In fact, you will live." Laala in the Prophet means it's going to happen. So this is من دلائل النبوة. That's why i said in Imam al-Bayhaqi, he mentions this hadith in دلائل النبوة. The evidence of the Prophet. He said, indeed you're going to live. And you will live long enough that you will benefit some people and other people, they'll be harmed. Those people that are evil, the people that oppose خير, they'll be harmed by your presence. لكن Sa'ad ibn Khawla He died in Mecca Sa'ad ibn al His question is Am I going to die here? Am I going to be able to leave Mecca And be with them And be with you And continue khair And this is the sign of a, of a da'i And a believer Consistency Even in the, in the face of real threat Like in tabi'ul Yaseen That guy he said to those people Follow the messengers Then he died Ya'Lamun. I wish I could go back and tell them. Ibn Abbas said he called them in dunya and he wished he could call them in akhirah. His his consistency here of Sayyidina Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas radiyallahu anhu. The next hadith عَنَ أَهَبِيُّ هُرَيْرَةَ رضي الله عنه وَأَبْدُ الرَّحْمَنِ إِبْنِ سَخْرِينَ رضي الله عنه قَالَ Abu Hurayra, of course we could talk about him mashallah forever there's a number of uh, Al-Hafidh ibn Abd al-Barr he mentions like there's a lot of differences over his name but Sayyidina Imam al-Nawwi he comes with Atf bayan هذا مش بدل يا if you speak Arabic هذا Atf al-Bayan. who's Abu Huraira? Abd rahman ibn Sakhr why? because according to Imam al-Nawwi and al of ibn Abd al-Barr this is his strong like the strong opinion about his name some people said his name Abd al-Shams you know so on and so forth Abu Hurairah and the Prophet named him Abu Hurairah because he was always with cats. We know the story. <inaudible> Abu Hurairah said, Allah look at the Prophet said, Allah doesn't look at your shapes and your bodies. This is the foundation of Islamic liberation theory. And one of the foundations of Islamic social justice. We have religious justice. It's bigger than social justice. As one brother told me, my political theory is this, my political theory is that. Because political nomenclature has taken over America. We're not a political community. We're a prophetic community who engages politics. Like, mashallah, after Isha, it's very important. We're a, political commu- commu- or a p- religious prophetic community that has a politi- political needs. That's important. So that brother was telling me, my political theory is this, my political theory is that. I said, what's your political theology? I don't have one. Then how are you working for Islam, bro? So this hadith is very important. la Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not concerned your shapes and your sizes and your physical appearance what's concerned is where your heart is what's concerned is where the niya is and then the actions that follow the intention this hadith is very important this hadith is related by Imam Muslim, anhu. We're gonna finish here because of time. One Abu Musa al Ashari. is the great, great, great grandson of Imam Ahli Sunnah Abu Hassan Ashari. As a great, great, great grandfather. So when you curse Imam Abu Hassan, that means sallallahu alaihi wasallam from Yemen. And Abu Musa, he has an interesting story, you know. He took a boat and he ended up in Havasha <laughs> and then he came to Medina. So the Prophet said to him, like you did hijrah twice, man. You did hijrah to Havasha, then you came to Medina. And he fought so many battles, more than nineteen battles, with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam they said, like, and the companions and so on and so forth. The Prophet said, Allahum Li Thambahu. Oh Allah, forgive him of his sins and enter him into Jannah in an honorable way Ya Allah what a dua أَبِي مُوسَى رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ قَالَ سُئِلَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ اللَّهُ the Prophet was asked here we go again you see a pattern that oftentimes the great teachings that we learn from the Messenger of Allah are from questions SubhanAllah, when I started teaching at NYU, I thought, this is NYU. Smart kids, smart school, smart place. Like the first week, I was teaching tafsir. Every time they raised their hands, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So I said, man, what did I do? So I said to them, like, okay, I'm sorry, you're sorry, not sorry. What are you sorry about? And they said, asking questions like what do we do to people man, they're sorry for asking questions, so we made a rule and we're going to make this rule here safe anybody says sorry has to donate $10 to the masjid nah it's $10 inflation, inflation, inflation bro neoliberals killing us man, so (laughs) so in in NYU, it was five dollars to Islamic Relief because you know they're students. They have student loan forgiveness now. Maybe it would be ten dollars if I was there. سُئِلَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ عَنِ الرَّجُلِ Here, actually, is something beautiful in this hadith, also about the Sahaba. If you have children, you can appreciate this. The Prophet was asked about someone who fights for valor Fights to be known as being brave And fights for recognition The Prophet They said Which one of them is fighting Actually, if you think about it They're asking about illah. Like, what's the, deeper, what's the deeper cause for something being sincere? So one of our teachers said, look, the Sahaba, their level of now knowledge has, has risen where they're asking, you like, which one, what's, what makes this right? What makes it the way it is? What makes it acceptable? Our kids ask us this, why, 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 all the time. The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم, He said Man Whoever fights so that the word of Allah لَا إِلَهِ إلا الله, Meaning sincerely for Allah Then that person has fought in the cause of Allah We'll finish with this last hadith Because this last narrator is so nice Abi Bakrata Nufay ibn al Harith. Abi he was from Ta'if. He was a slave. And he came to Mecca and he embraced Al Islam. And the people of actually Medina, and he embraced Islam. And the people of Ta'if, they asked the Prophet, send him back. And they said, abdan, He's like our slave. And the Prophet وسلم, he responded, "Here's religious justice," he said. In their response, he is the emancipated of Allah, the emancipated of Rasulullah ﷺ, and he refused to send him back. And so, it's so it's really a, a beautiful story. Abu Bakr, he said, from that point on, "An Mawla Rasulullah," he named himself. I am the freed slave of the Messenger of Allah. I've been emancipated by the Messenger of Allah. Sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Something interesting about him also is in the battle between the Sahaba, he refused to get involved. It's interesting when you hear the hadith he narrated. So in Siffin, he didn't get involved in that stuff. He stayed back. That was his had. Anna nabiya صَرَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمَا قَالَ taqa أَلْتَقَى أَلْتَقَى I don't think alif and lam here is for ism. Alif and lam here is the word. بِجَرِّ وَالْتَنُوِينِي وَنِدَى وَأَلْ مُسْلِدَ الْإِسْمِ تَمِيزُونَ حَسَلُ Don't start to quote Al-Fiyah and tell me. This is alif and lam. at-taqa لَأَل Alif and lam is part of the word. Which means when they meet. إِذَا أَلْتَقَى الْمُسْلِمَانِ بِسَيْفِهِمَا فَالْقَاتِلُ وَالْمَقْتُولُ فِي النَّارِ He said if two Muslims meet with their swords out The killer and the killer in hell it's like Very serious Here also asking about the illa I said O Messenger of Allah Sallallahu الله wasallam وسلم هَذَا الْقَاتِلُ He said, yeah, okay, the one that killed, we understand. But the one that was killed, and here's why Sayyidina Nawi put it in this collection, in this section. (inaudible) Innahu kana harisan ala qatli sahibi. Sayyidina Imam al-Nawi, he said, he intended to kill the other one. (inaudible) Harisan means his intention was there. The ulama, they talked about this hadith again, I don't want to open up the door, like premeditated murder, this hadith is mentioned, shibh, and so on and so forth, they talk about it. But some people, they ask, they're both in hell, but they're Muslim. Well, it's very beautiful one point, because they didn't make tawbah. The one who died, he couldn't make tawbah because he died. And it's assumed that the one who killed, this is a hypothetical, didn't make tawbah. The other interpretation is that they're in hell but not permanently. As Imam al-Hafath in Fatah al-Bari, he mentions, like they're in hell, they will be recompensed for their evil and then eventually they will be brought out of hellfire. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bil-afiyah. Inshallah, next week we have three hadith before we finish this chapter and then we will move on